Hi, this is Tom Davis, and you're listening to GasCast. Hi, Gasheads. I'm Tom Metcalf, and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Bristol Rovers centre-back Tom Davis. Since joining from Coventry in the summer, Tom has been a rock at the back, cementing a relationship with Tony Cray and Alfred Kilgore in a back three, as well as becoming a firm fan's favourite. Welcome, Tom. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'd like to start from the beginning of your football journey, because you had a bit of an interesting route up to pro football. Um, you joined the Man U Academy at eight. That must have been pretty astounding at that point. Yeah, that was that was crazy. I, um, I remember my dad taking me for trials at all the Northwest clubs, just driving me around. At one point, I was going Monday through Friday every night, just to different clubs, um, and it boiled down to uh, City or United, and being a United fan, I remember I got told on the Tuesday that City wanted to sign me, and then I was like, right, well, I've got my final training session at United on the Thursday. I'll let you know on Thursday, and my dad told that to United, and that night I was up there signing the papers, and it was like, that's the, the first time I can remember my dad crying was honestly when I, on the journey home signed for United and um, yeah it was unbelievable and obviously then I thought I was going to go on and play up front for United and score score at Old Trafford but it was just a yeah it was a good time and telling all my friends at school was was unbelievable and I, I've done some things or I did some things at that academy which were just unbelievable life experiences and it was just such a such a nice time and um, yeah, one that I will remember forever, definitely. So you were saying about scoring for United. Were you a striker as in your younger days? Yeah, I've been moved gradually further back, and then now I've found my place on the right side of a back three. So I, hopefully, I don't go any deeper. I'm not going to take Ansi's <laughs> job in that, but it was um, yeah. I, I, my dad was always wanting me to be a number nine, and um, I was always well when I was younger. I was tall, um, and then sort of everyone grew passed me initially and now I've sort of gone back and had my growth spurt at late I had my growth spurt about 20 and sort of grew past back past everyone else and yeah as I say just sort of settled into centre half. Oh, nice um were there any players you were in the academy with that are now like full-on superstars? Um the the year above me was very good I remember because I was so tall I got moved up with the the year above so I was in um the team of sort of Danny Welbeck um Ollie Norwood, Chef United, and um, there's a few players. Ben Marshall have gone on to have good careers, and um, and then yeah, I went, eventually I went to Blackburn. I was in the same team as Phil Jones, and he he got the dream move to United, and he has scored at Old Trafford. So it's just uh, it's crazy how the the journey goes, and um, as as we said before, my, my journey's been a bit different, but um, I've met a lot of good players along the way, and um, yeah, it's just. It's nice to see how everyone else's journey sort of veers off and everyone ends up where they are now. Yeah, you mentioned you went to the Blackburn you sent up. Um, they were in the Premier League at that point as well. Was that markedly different to the United one? Was it like a big golfing class or was it much for muchness? No, not really. I remember um, I remember thinking when I, United told me I was going to get released, it was just the end of the world and I was down. and um, they they sort of steered me towards Blackburn because they said it's good for young players, bloody uh, bloody. And then the first game back, the first time that I played for Blackburn against United, I scored. And I remember thinking, right, that's 
I've I've done it now. I'm I'm happy. I can put that one to bed and move on with my career. And I had a great time at Blackburn as well. As you say, they were in the Premier League, so there was it was like a a, a great a great experience. It was the the facilities and everything was were there up there with United. Um, and it's it's just something as a kid that you you don't you never appreciate until you now I'm 27. I can look back and think bloody hell, unbelievable the the things that I've done and had the things that I've been so lucky to to like experience. So. It was um no it was again that was a that was a great club and um yeah I really enjoyed my time there as well. You you kind of left there and you started playing for Northumbria while you were studying for your degree, which is yeah where the odd kind of bit comes out. What what was it you were studying? So I, I um I got released from Blackburn at sixteen and um there was the chance to go to Preston on sort of a youth team scholarship thing and I remember. At the time, just not, not, I wouldn't say disillusioned, but I was just sort of not enjoying it and wasn't really sure that's what I wanted to do. I, I felt myself being smaller than the rest of the lads and I was getting knocked off the ball and it was just something that I'd never experienced before and didn't really like. So I uh, remember speaking to my dad on the way home from a training session once and was like, Dad, I think I've, I think I've had enough. Like, And he was like, well, I'm going to support you, whatever you do. So I um, went to play... Um, men's football just locally sort of I was going in as a 16 year old and um, do a bit of men's football and just try and enjoy it again and as you say I did um, my GCSEs and A level A levels while I was doing that and then from there never got anywhere near a professional club again so went off to uni uh, up in Northumbria did sport management um, and managed to tie it in with like a football scholarship so they um paid for my sort of gave me a bit of money towards my fees and stuff like that um to play football and study at the same time so it was it was it was good it was really good for me and um I managed to get the, the few years of drinking and doing all that stupid stuff up in Newcastle and then um but alongside that playing football which was nice so um yeah that was that was a, a good a good few years as well and that took me to 21 and then from there I've um left uni and yeah managed to keep up with the footy yeah, my question, my next question was going to be, how did you manage to balance football and, you know, well, I've got here studies, but, you know. Yeah, use that term because I was in, I remember my first term at uni, I was in nine hours a week and my dad's, and mum and dad are definitely going to listen to this, but four of, that, four of that was on a Monday, so I never used to go. So I was in like five hours a week and then, yeah, so football, it was basically just to, to have a piss up and play footy, which was which was ideal for me because it was just a nice it was a nice relaxed three years and um, I can look back and think oh, I wish I'd stayed in the footy game I'd be further on in my career now but at the time it was just what was right for me and it was um, it was yeah it was good so um, and it opened playing in the Northern League up there um, it was, it's, that's a tough league there's a lot of tough teams and a lot of tough strikers to play against in that league so that was that was good for me and um, I don't think I would be where I am now if I didn't do that so it's all credit to I'm sort of my mum and dad for steering me to keep myself keep my head and sort of do something sensible at that age and yeah it's, it's I'm reaping the benefits now I think yeah absolutely um yeah you were saying you left uni you went on to play for FC United that I've been up to watch them I really I really loved it they were just non-stop noise that must have been pretty mint actually because they seem to support players really really well there yeah that that was my um my first real taste of only football, even though I played up in Northumbria, I was often playing in front of 50 people. And, um, it was, this was, I came, I remember coming back and, um, playing in front of that crowd. And it's something that because of 
the United connection we sort of really got into as a family, and um, it, that was a, that was a good club. The, the um, as you say, the fans were unbelievable, and the things they stood for was was good. And so we we went on like an end of season tour and stuff like that because this the um, the club was so well supported. So um, now that was good, and that was where I got sort of scouted back into professional games. So I owe them a lot, and um, there's some great people there. And if there's ever a chance, me and my dad still go back now and have a have a watch of a game, which is nice. So. It's um yeah that was that was a good club and uh, yeah one that I'm grateful for definitely. Yeah, absolutely. It helps that you can drink on the terrace in uh, a massive plus point. <laughs> <laughs> um, you kind of bounced around a few non-league teams until you had a loan spell at Fleetwood and at that point they were in League One. You didn't make any appearances for them. Was that yeah? How come that didn't kind of work out for you? Do you think? Um, so I remember. Uh, signing in the January, the, the first the season I was at um, FC United, I signed in the January and then got loaned back to Fleetwood for, I'm sorry, signed for Fleetwood, got loaned back to FC United for the remainder of the season. And then uh, okay. I was sort of, it was with the, the thing that I would go in for my first full season when um, when the lads went back in and um, they got promoted that season. So they went from League Two, but they won, they won the playoff finally at Wem- playing on final at Wembley and they went straight into League One. So, I think I was signed on the, uh, uh, this is what I presume, that I was sort of going to be given my chance at League Two level. And um, when they went up, it was sort of like, oh, shit, we need to get in some experience or we need to get in some someone better than him anyway. So um, I never I never got my chance. And uh, the manager was always honest with me. And um, it was just a frustrating time because I thought, oh, I've signed for a professional club. I'm going to go on and play 50 appearances and, and do my best, blah, blah, blah. But it just never happened. So um, it was frustrating because obviously you want to play football and that's something that I've always said that if I'm going to be a footballer, I want to play as much as I can. So um, it was it was nice to have signed there, but then I would say my, and I don't really count it as being it's something that's been really helped me massively because... I didn't play there, so I, I never got my taste of football until I went to Accrington, and that's where it sort of started for me. That would have been a really good segue for me to talk about Aki, but I'm going to just pull it back quickly. Um, while you were playing kind of semi-pro, what what were you doing for work? I, I knew this question was going to come up because people always laugh when when I tell them. I uh, I had I must have had ten jobs in the time between uni and signing for Fleetwood because um, I just couldn't get a job, so I was. I was worked on the uh, the greens at my local golf club, which I love. To be fair, that was my favourite out of more um, because it got me out of the house and my golf game improved massively. So that was good. Um, I worked on the phone lines, various places, sportswear companies, um, different things. But then the one that always gets people laughing is that I worked on the drive-through in Mackey's. So I um, I remember it was like. I need money. Like I've got no money coming in. I need to get some money. And um, a few of my mates worked there, so it was more, it was a bit of a social. And um, yeah, I got I got fired from Mackey's because I went in with face paint on um, from the night before. So I was at a I was at like a disco themed party the night before. Went in without knowing I had face paint on, and they said, "Yeah, don't come back." So <laughs> I literally remember going home and my mum being like, "What are you doing back?" And I was like, "Mum, I've just been fired." And she was like. You, this is like an all-time low now. You've been fired from Mackey's. <laughs> something good needs to happen now. Um, and then literally within within the week, I'd find out that I was signing for Fleetwood. So it was a yeah, it was a it was a crazy time, but um, it makes me appreciate what I've got now, which is which I think is good. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, he could have could be there now. I know, I would have been promoted to Burger King, I think, by now. Yeah, promoted to Burger King. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you joined Accrington in League Two. Um, Do you want to talk us through the end end of that season? Um, If I must, we. um, that that was a great that was a great time. We had a we had a great um we had a great change room there. I made a lot of good friends there. Um who I still who I still see now and see what they're doing in the game and it's brilliant. So it was um it was a it was one of those ones where we're literally rock bottom favourites to go down and the team that the manager assembled was just was just unbelievable and um it was like a, a siege mentality like we've it's us against the world and it just it just sort of worked for us and I remember like five games to go we went on a golf day and I'm talking to the lads and saying like this we could actually do this now like we could we could go up automatically and going going into the last day we um we needed to beat uh Bristol's result and um it was as I said to you before it was the only game we've not scored in at home all season um we had to we had to better your result and if we just if we just couldn't do it it was like the goal was charmed and it was one of those ones we're hitting the bar we're hitting the post um, and then the the news filters through that Bristol Rovers have scored in like the last minute, and it's it was like unbearable. I remember walking around the pitch, just floods of tears, thinking, "Oh, there's not a chance we're going up now." And that, unfortunately, that was the attitude we went into the playoffs with, because the next minute we're get, we're getting turned over, home and away by Wimbledon, who finished seventh, and then they got they go on to to get promotion. So it was tough, and um, it was a horrible way to to end what was a what was a really good season. Yeah, you were saying before that the kind of place was rocking, like everyone was cheering and like singing and all that. And then, yeah, as the news filtered through that Lee Brown had scored and you then needed a goal, it kind of went really flat. I mean, as a footballer, that as a well, as a person, you must feel that off the crowd like quite badly. Yeah, well, we were um, we were. A team that we always went on, always attacked at Aki. We just went, we'll outscore you, that sort of thing. And it was, it was just a di- different feel that game. It was the crowd was up because we just, we just fully, it was, we were playing Stevenage and we just fully expected to blow them away. And it was just, it was just a hot, a horrible game. And then when, when we found out with like two minutes to go, we needed a goal. It was just there was, there was just no chance it was happening. That's such a defeatist attitude to say. But looking back at it now, that's just the way I felt. I thought that's it, like it's done and especially because we'd had so many chances to win it and we've been so close to winning it. I just felt like we've, we'd, we'd sort of run our course. It was a young team and we'd just, we'd just sort of run out of ideas and that going into the playoffs was probably our down our downfall. But it's um, something that you can draw experience from now. Like I can safely say that I'm never going to put myself in that position again because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that we're either firmly in the playoffs or firmly automatic. So it was, um, yeah, it was tough and um, it, go, it just... It goes to show that football can be such a cool game because we had such a good season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Wimbledon games. Did you get to mark Akinfenwa? Yeah, that was that season was my first experience of him. So um, I remember he he came on in the first leg, um, and I think he scored or he set one up. And I remember running into him and thinking, "My God, like what is this? If this this is what I'm going to come up against, like." This I, I won't be long in this game. So um, he's just an unbelievable specimen. And and but now the thing is, I I've played against him enough now to know what he's about, and I can sort of 
sort of deal with him and know not to try and fight him. But um, yeah, he, he does make a difference in a lot of the games and you can see how well Wickham are doing this season. And I speak to my mate there who um, he says like he's a massive part of it and they, they do do a lot of things to to benefit him. So it's, um, yeah, that was that was a tough, a tough uh, welcome to football, that one was. Yeah, does he... Does he have a bit of a reputation amongst defenders? Is it like, oh, you'll get a text being like, oh, you're playing against him next week, like best of luck kind of thing? Yeah, the, everyone just says, the only advice is don't fight him. Just don't get too close to him because his his strength is unbelievable. He can just he can just nudge you and you go flying. So first of all, you don't want to make a tit out of yourself by getting too close and ending up on the floor. But um, he can he can hurt you as well. He can score some goals. So it's... um. Luckily, we kept in quiet this season and touch wood when we go there that we uh, do the same again. Yeah, I've got utter confidence in you and Tony and Alfie sorting him out. At least someone has, eh? <laughs> um, you moved from Accrington then to Portsmouth. Um, an absolutely fantastic season um, going up as champions. How was that? I mean, obviously, from the disappointment of the season before, how was... How was that for a change? Yeah, that was that was crazy. I remember um, I was only on a, a one-year contract at Accrington and um, I, I, I didn't get a chance to speak to the manager after we'd been beaten the playoff semi-final. Um, I went straight on holiday the next day because I just couldn't deal with being in the country anymore. And um, by the time I got back, I didn't have a chance to speak to him before Portsmouth were on the phone. And my agent said to me, there's one place you want to go to. Where is it? And after playing at Fratton that year, I said, I want to play, I want to go to Portsmouth, I want to do it. And he said, right, well, it's, it's going to happen. It's, it's happening. And that was like, such a, that was such a, like an unbelievable thing for me. So, um, I went down, signed and I was buzzing. And, um, and then within, I played, I played a few games. I played maybe five or six games, a little bit of di- a dip in form. And then it was, it was horrible. I, I hated being that far away from my family and, I struggled to get to grips with being that far away and uh, the pressure of playing for a club like that. And um, although we won the league, I only made 12, 15 appearances, and it's something that I look. I can again, I can look back on it now and say it's made me stronger. It's made me, it's made me better. But actually being down there and um, not playing was was tough, and I, I struggled with that. But Again, it's something that you could say. Well, I've, I've been promoted with Portsmouth, and it's, it's on my CV, and we've won a league. So it's um, it's something that I look back on with mixed emotions. I must, I must admit. Yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting saying that. Yeah, you went to Fratton, and you were you're impressed. Was it kind of the size of the club and the the fans because they they're really well supported, especially at this level. Yeah, the the stadium itself because I've grown up watching United, and I've seen United play there, and I've seen you know, European nights there. And it was just something that really, really took a chord with me when I went there. And um, and then the fans obviously make make a massive difference wherever you sign. I think um, when I first signed for Aki, that was just sort of stay in the Football League, try and, try and get some games in the Football League. Uh, and then I've always tried to keep myself at clubs that have been really well supported. So I remember, I'm going to skip on a bit, but when, when I left Coventry, I, I thought I'm not, I'm not just going to, I'm going to, Try and stay as high up high up as I can, and something that um, whenever I've played at the men, I've realised how how well supported they are, and um, that those those things do make a difference. I'm, like even I did an interview after the game on Saturday, and um, I remember thinking, I remember saying like the the last ten minutes we're sort of dropping deeper and deeper, and the fans behind the goal are, are singing the names of the the players and the, 
giving a lot and it gives you an extra 10 percent. so that that does it does make a massive difference and um that was definitely one of the pulls of Pompey and it's uh one of the reasons I signed there but it was um I say it was something that I never really I never really grasped it with both hands and probably why I ended up only staying for one season yeah did you ever get to meet Mr Pompey or Mr Portsmouth I think his name is by deep yeah. now early on um we went on a a pre-season tour of Ireland and he came over and gave me a big hug and I don't think he's ever washed that hat because he absolutely stunk so it was um it was one of them where I sort of met him and I couldn't wait to get away from him so um it was but that's that's the kind of support they've got there it is he's obviously the the focal point and he's the main one but the uh, the support there is very good and um if they're on your side I'm sure it's an unbelievable place to play um so it's it's another thing that I can just say oh I've, I've played that I can tick it off and um yeah, but I'm I'm much more comfortable and happy where I, where I've been since then. I must admit. Yeah, I, I I often feel sorry for anyone who's got a season ticket within 50 meters of him, just constantly with that. Yeah, he's nonstop. He's absolutely nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, contrast that with uh, you moved to Coventry after your year at Portsmouth. Um, from speaking to we were speaking before about the Lonely Pod. Um, who I spoke to in the summer about you and Jack Grimmer. Um, it seems like you're a massive fan's favourite there. Do you feel feel the love a bit more when you moved? Yeah, that was... Um, I, I, love, I love my time at Coventry. There's no getting away from that. I um, it, Again, it's one of those things where I played I played a, a, enough games to be happy, but I'm, I'm not going to sit around and be on the bench for 50% of the games. I just don't want to do that. So I... Um, I loved my time there. Got I made some unbelievable friends there, and just loved the, loved everything about it. But um, at the end of the day, I'm I'm a footballer, and I'm if I'm not playing football week in week out, then there's no real point in me living where two hours away from home. So um, it was it was a great couple of, a great couple of years, great success in the first year, and um, I say a nice trip to Wembley. It was a trip to Wembley, and. Um, obviously you sign there because you want to get promoted and we did do that so I've got, I've got to look back on it with fondness but um, yeah there was again there was ups and downs there but yeah I, on the whole I really enjoyed Coventry Yeah you got sent off in the first um, first leg of the playoff semi-final against Notts County so you missed the Wembley final how how was it kind of watching from the stands? It was tough well it wasn't a sending off it was more it was a retrospective one so I, I finished the game but then Obviously, the the FA looked at the the footage, and I got a retrospective ban. So I remember um, finishing the game, and then going out. Seven, we'd 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 got a draw, and going outside and just saying like, I'm I'm gonna get banned. And I knew it. And so it wasn't like a a bad decision from the ref. It was something that I'd done myself. So I had to sort of swallow it and just take it. And I, it was tough because I knew what was coming, and then went in to training on the. I think it was the Thursday, and um, we were just we were doing not much, just a game of head tennis or whatever. And um, we said we're like the um, media guy was like, we're going to find out at eleven. That's the deadline. So I remember going upstairs at eleven, and I was like, have you heard anything? He was like, no, we've not heard. So I thought, oh, I've got away with it. And then yeah. within a, within a minute, the manager says, come in my office, and he he tells me, and it was horrible. I I just didn't want to speak to anyone. I had to ring me old man and tell him and it was just yeah that was it was painful but um as I say first of all it was my own fault and second of all it's just one of those things that you've got to get on with and 
Um, it's made me like I, I can honestly say it's made me more determined to get back to Wembley in whatever capacity that is because I remember travelling down and going out on the pitch and that before the game and it was it was tough because I've all the I was there about three hours before the lads. I was I couldn't wait to get down there and then they all turn up and they're out on the pitch taking photos and stuff like that and I was just I was just so far off it. So it was um yeah, it was a tough it was a tough time. But as I say the you I signed there with the intention of getting promoted and we did that. So it's um it's a bittersweet end to that. Yeah, you were saying earlier like yeah, you went on holiday after the disappointment of the playoffs. Uh, are you kind of like one of those people that gets really down if you've lost you just don't want to be around anyone just want to just go and sulk kind of thing it's literally unbelievable like you there's no point in trying to talk to me for at least two days if we've been beat like I, I bring I bring everything home that's the problem man I'm lucky that I live by myself because if there was someone else there I'd feel really sorry for them because I am um, we've been beat I, would, I don't want to talk to people uh, I, I worry as well like I've, I've got so many superstitions and so many little things that I do that it's it's a genuine problem. Like I've got to eat the same meal on a Friday night, same got to buy it from the same place, got to do it at the same time, everything. Um, or or like it's it gets like in my head and I'll stress and I'll worry. So football just takes over my life like Monday to Friday. What is it? Forty weeks of the year. It genuinely does. So I'm just that's just the way I am, and um, that's why when things happen that are bad, it hurts me, and when things happen that are good, I just revel in it and I just try and enjoy it the most. Yeah, what um, this is skipping ahead a little bit, but what what meal are we talking about on a Friday night? What we're we saying? Oh, it's absolutely insane. So, I finished training on a. This is only at home. This is only on a home game, but uh, so on a Monday if we've got a Tuesday game or a Friday if we've got a Saturday game, uh, I'll go to Tesco. I'll get one red pepper, one red onion, um, some chorizo, uh, peri peri chicken fillets, pasta, and tomato and chili sauce, and I'm I make it. I've got to chop everything the same. I've got to do everything the same. And then that's got to be bang on half six. And then if I'm packaged later, it's got to be the same snack and all. It's just, it's ridiculous. But it's one of those things that, like, my girlfriend comes here sometimes. She's like, what are you doing? Like, it's not going to change how you play. And I was like, well, if it affects me a little bit, it will. So she's she's got to have, like, a... Because she eats it as well now. So if if we've got like a Saturday, Tuesday, and she's down for the weekend, she'll have two lots of chicken and chorizo pasta with me. So it's um it's just one of those things that I've done for it's getting on for four years now, and um, yeah, I can't see it changing. Yeah, I mean it seems to be working. What about when you get to the ground? Do you have to anything like that, like putting certain like your socks on the right way and all that? Is it all the way no, through, or is it? Yeah, there's there's a lot. There's um it just sounds so ridiculous. I've got to like. But I've got I get my kit on. That's fine. I'm not really too worried about that. But I wear one set of boots for the warm for half the warm up, and then put my match boots on after half after halfway through the warm up. Um, I've got to do a little couple of jumps when I walk on the pitch, and then when we're in the line clapping the fans, I've got to do two knees to chest, and then I have two green chewing gums, and then kick that out before the kick the first whistle and half time whistle, and it's just like. If anyone actually watched me and saw what I actually do, they'd be like, "What is this kid doing?" But it's just, it's just something that it just happens now. And because obviously my family notice it, and they are just like, "Tom, you look ridiculous!" Like kicking your chewy as far as you can and stuff like that. And it's one of those ones that, like, I if um if I get a good connection on my chewy when I kick it, I feel like I'm going to play well. It's it's ridiculous. Like even talking about it now makes me makes me sound stupid, but it um it's just what I do. And it's yeah, as I say, it's not gonna it's not gonna stop anytime soon. 
no, I know what you mean. Like, yeah, now and again, when you spit out your chewing gum and you like, and you properly connect, you're like, go on. Yeah, but but it's that's it's been what is it now? I've done it 15 times this season now, and it's getting a bit excessive. I think I need to I need to calm it down a bit. Has anyone else got anything weirder than than you that you can you know drop a minute with? Um, not not that I can think of. I did a the radio with Alfie the other day, and Alfie vaseline's the whole bottom half of his body. Like me and Alfie sit next to each other in the change room, and I remember like three games, and I'm like, lad, what are you doing there? And he's rubbing so much Vaseline, like calves, hamstrings, quads, everything. And it's just one of those things that you think, like, well, it's, it's working for him as well. Do you know what I mean? He's he's been unbelievable. So, um, yeah, those those sort of superstitions should, should stay in the changing room. So I won't drop anyone else in it. No, fair enough. I, yeah, I'd fear for your safety if you uh, drop Tony in it. So we'll yeah, leave it there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're talking about the yeah the playoff final. Uh, with Coventry, um, I got told by a little birdie that you you were down there early, but you were you were cans on the train with the Coventry fans on the way down. Yeah, it was because um, I was um, I was still I was living in Coventry at the time, and I was um, obviously the the couple of nights before the lads were down at a hotel in in London, so I went out. I, I said I can't. All my family were at a wedding in Ireland as well, so I just walked down to the local pub the night before the game by myself and sat in there for about about 10 hours just just the day just because my season was over and my season was done so I um, went down there and the next morning I felt rough so I thought what better way than to get on the on the train with the fans and luckily I uh, saw someone I knew as soon as I got to the station and jumped on with them and then um, yeah was was having a few beers on the way down which um, I don't know if it made it easier or harder when I got there because um, I was in no fit state to do it, talk to any of the, the lads or the manager, so I managed to just sit in with the uh, the families and um, obviously just just take it all in. But um, and also, and then at the end of the day, when when the final whistle went, we we were promoted to League One, so it was it was unbelievable. But um, yeah, I can't remember the first half an hour if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, with the with with the families and that, do you get the the halftime like posh sandwiches and all that, or is it just you just get a nice seat kind of thing? No, it was yeah, we was in there. But, um, obviously, I knew some of the lads' parents and some of the lads' girlfriends and that, so I was in there with them, and um, I think that so would me up a bit having a bit a good three course meal at half time and um, a few waters. So it was um, and uh, you you see, I was talking to some of my mates' mums and mates' dads there and that, and you see how happy, how buzzing they are and at the end of the day, you want your mates to do well and you want your mates to win. So I was watching the game buzzing for them a lot, and um, the the few days we had that night and the few days after that was were unbelievable. So it's um yeah it's it, it is bittersweet, but it all ended well. So yeah um yeah you were saying you got like a good relationship with some of the lads and the the lads' parents and that. You've got a bit of a bromance going with Jack Grimmer. That's what came across when uh, whenever I speak to any Coventry fans. I mean, you got to be pretty gutted that he's now playing for Wickham and you're at Rovers. Couldn't reconnect at the same club because there was tenuous rumours that we were in for the pair of you. That yeah. would have been that would have been meant. Yeah, no, he's uh, you meet you meet some people in football who you just get on with, and we um, we hit it off early doors, and yeah, we were we were pretty much inseparable when we were there. So he's um, he's a good lad and managed to clear one off his shot off the line when we played Wickham this season. So. I was 
absolutely buzzing with that because I wouldn't have heard the end of it. So it's um no, we we enjoyed our time at Cobb together and there was a there was a good bunch there and um we're meeting up in a couple of weeks. There's a few of us having a little reunion, which is nice and um this is the things you've got to do. You've got to try and keep in contact with people. So it's tough when you're you're all moving around the country, obviously like now he's in London and some of the other boys who were there are up Sunderland and various places. So it's um it's tough but um no, he's he's a good lad, and obviously those those memories that we've all got together were unbelievable. So it's a it's a nice time to uh, reminisce and think about things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Who who would you say is your busy mate at Rovers now? Um, as as we were saying before, there's a I live in Stoke Gifford, so there's a lot of us around there who we we head on down to the coffee shop down there. There's me, Tommy Nichols, uh, Alex Rodman, Luke Leahy, who uh, Tony Craig all live around there. So going out for a bit of food later tonight and it's it's nice because you um most of the lads move away from home there's only there's only a handful of the lads around there who um sort of sort of were born here brought up here and stay as as they would call it home so it's nice and it's important that you do stuff like that because you can get a bit of cabin fever sat in there worrying about football so i need, I need to get out sometimes and we go for go for a bit of food and just talk talk rubbish so it's um yeah it's nice and it's a, it's a good change room you know there's a there's a good even though we've got an, I'd say an average age of an old squad, there is a, a lot of a range of ages, so there's a there's a nice balance and it's good, yeah. What um what what do you do to kind of relax outside of football or take your mind off off it? Um, golf's my main one, but I'm a fair weather golfer, so for me the season's coming to an end at the moment because it's starting to get a bit chilly. So, um, but I love my golf. There's there's as I say there's a there's a good group of us. Who play golf around there? And um, apart from that, we walk down to the the Boston Tea Party, the coffee shop on the corner. Do that. Um, I'm a shopaholic. My mum's gonna listen to this, and she always tells me, "Don't buy any more trainers, don't buy any more clothes." But I'm a bit of a shopper, so I can I can walk around the shops for ages, which is which is my girlfriend likes as well. So um, so I can do that. But um, and then just take take the breaks when we can. I've I've not had a chance to go home yet since since I've been at Rovers. It's more of a it's like a three Take about three hour drive home for me, so I've not had a chance to go home yet. But um, hopefully, we had, we had the the Berry game that we missed the other week, and we managed to get away. But we've got um, the Sunderland game coming up on the 16th of November, and it's looking like they're going to have the internationals. So I might try and nip home there and see some family because I've not been home, as I say, for a few months. So that'd be nice, and yeah, just just fill my time because if I if I sit in here too long, I start worrying about football and looking at stats and stuff like that. So that sort of gets a bit boring. What is it? I don't know anything about golf, and I'm probably going to get murdered for this. Is it handicap to see how good you are? You get like a kind of rate in. What's what's yeah. yours? Uh, I'm off twelve, um, so I'm I'm sort of like middle of the road, I'd say. Um, Rod is is off two, so he's he's the golfer in the pack, and then there's me, Luke, Tommy Nichols, all around twelve handicap. So it's um, we have a good game when we go out, um, but. As I say, when the, the nights are drawing in, it's getting a bit chilly. I'm I'm not I'm not up for going out and walking 18 holes. No, that's absolutely fair. Um, we spoke earlier about your short-lived McDonald's career. Um, if you hadn't made it as a professional footballer, what do you think you'd be doing instead? Um, I really want to I, I really want to be a teacher when I finish. I'm, I've because um, I've done my my uni degree. I um I want to be a teacher mainly because they get good holidays. So I think. I wanna when I finish I'm gonna try and do my PGCE um to allow me to go into teaching. Um 
and then hopefully get six weeks up in summer. So that's that's the main that's the main like ambition. Um, although saying that, I like my property as well. I like the thought of buying and selling houses. So um, if I could do a bit of both, that'd be that'd be lovely. Would you teach PE or would you be like just go really boring and go like maths or geography? I'm definitely not maths because I'm I'm awful at maths. It would be PE or business studies because I liked business studies when I was at school as well and history. I loved history, but I couldn't be bothered marking essays. So I think it would have to it have to be PE definitely. That's fair enough. Um, this is one from the Lonely Pod actually. Uh, can your parents take any credit for instilling a love of heading and kicking it bloody hard into you? Yeah, like. My dad, I did an interview for the radio the other day and I, I, I gave my dad some stick about how he was awful at football and he gave me down the banks for it. So he, um, he was a number nine, he was a striker and he, uh, he was good in the air as well. So I could, I've definitely got that from my dad. He still tells me now, he says, um, do you know from corners, why don't you like make this sort of run or start at the near post and spin after the back post? And I'm like, dad, if I did that, the manager would hang me up in the in the changing room. So um, yeah. He, yeah, he he was a good, he was a, a good player i'm gonna say that so he can uh he won't have a go at me so he was uh and i get that from him so um yeah they can they can and he's the good thing is he's six foot two as well so that's where i got my hype from so yeah i've got to thank him for that um i've also heard from the lonely pod that you're uh, a bit of a comedian on the quiet what's what's your best joke you... oh you put me on the spot there yeah I'm, this one could flop horribly i'm not i'm, I'm not a comedian and um, i just I just like to have a laugh around the place, you know. We uh, we had we had a good we had a good thing going at Coventry, and we uh, there was a lot of us who liked a bit of banter, and there was a few jokes handed out and that. So it was um something that I've not really not really done at uh, Bristol yet. To be honest, I was uh, I was quite lively on the Twitter at Coventry as well. So I've uh, sort of toned it down, but um yeah, it's a long season, so we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see. We're, yeah, we'll get in touch with the media team at Rover, see if you can do a takeover. Give us some. Uh, we'll give you a bit more time to prepare, like some decent jokes. Yeah, thank you. I need it. But, yeah. <laughs> um, of course, you're a Rovers fan now, obviously. Um, but who do you support apart from us? Actually, you said about Manchester United, didn't you? Yeah. Do you follow them, like their results, really closely, or are you a bit more of a armchair fan? Um, oh, I'm a massive armchair fan. I've never had a season ticket, um, and it sounds really bad, but I'm starting to lose interest now. They're not very good. Like I don't know if that's that's because um, I'm losing interest in Premier League football because I'm playing League One football. But since we've been awful, I've just I've just ceased to care. I think so. I, I watch from afar and um, I hope they do well. But I'm it's, I'm not going to lose sleep over it at all. No, I, I mean that's really good because they got Liverpool on Sunday and De Gea's ain't Pogba's ain't that they're, they're going to get mullered. We're gonna yeah because all the lads do the. Um, the fantasy team as well and I said no chance I'm doing that because I'll lose interest within about two weeks but they're all fr- like fretting getting all the United players out now <laughs> as quick as they can so I just uh, yeah if there's any United conversation I'll just walk away at the moment so that's fair enough um we'll go on to the the final section about um your time at the gas so far so I think if we start at the start what what attracted you what made you plumb for the for the gas over any other offers that you you had? Um, it was definitely played here, and I and I knew what this what the fans were like when I when I played here. I remember um, I played here for Aki once, and we won one nil. Scored a late goal, 
And I remember thinking, I remember saying to my dad actually after the game that I, I would like to play there. Um, and then we came here last season with Coventry and we got absolutely spanked. And I was on the bench, but I remember thinking there's, there's a good outfit here. They've got a chance. And um, that last season didn't work out. Like, obviously, how everyone wanted it to here. And um, it's just one of those clubs where you just feel, I don't know, you just you sort of just feel welcomed, um, not just into the club, but into the city as well. Like, my, my sister lives uh, centrally with a husband and um, that's big for me because it helped me settle in and stuff like that. So it was, um, it's just something that sort of, it sounds so cliche, but it just sort of ticked every box. And I remember thinking, I, I, I got the phone call. I was there. Uh, I was just on a flight out to Portugal and I landed and I had two missed calls on my phone off Tommy Widrington and it was just like, and I remember saying to the lads when I was, who I was there with, it was like, that's where I'm going. That's it. It's a fact. And um, it took a bit longer than, than I wanted because there was um, there was another club sort of trying the best, but I, I deep down I knew where I was going. And thankfully, the, the, time, the first time I drove down, it was signed that day. So it was buzzing. How you found... Bristol as a city to live in? It's really good. Like I, I do really enjoy it. Um, the, the thing is, I'm, I get quite bored. I'm quite hyperactive and I, I, I can't just sit in the house. So I always have to go out and do something. So um, it's nice that there, there is a lot of things on your doorstep and um, don't like the traffic, I must admit. But apart from that, everything, everything's really good. So I'm, um, I'm enjoying it and it's I'm I'm renting at the moment I'm renting in this place at the moment but it's one of those places where I'm looking if if in the in the near future I can sort of buy somewhere and put down some roots then it'd be good because it, it just works on all levels my my mum and dad used to have to travel to Coventry and then on another weekend they travel to Bristol to see my sister whereas now we can all meet up and we can all have we've, we've had in fact don't tell Coventry this but I had Christmas here last year like and manager was like whatever you do don't go traveling on Christmas day and I was blasting it down the motorway to, to Bristol so one of those things that you can just sort of we can all sort of meet up and do things like that and we'll we'll be having Christmas down here this year and it's just um it's starting to feel like a like a home from home which is nice because it it just that helps you sort of settle in uh, to your football as well and I think we're seeing that on the pitch there everyone's sort of in a good place yeah absolutely um kind of talked about it a bit but how do you find the fans at Rovers compared to other clubs you've already said about you kind of feel welcome and I think from the fans point of view you're quickly becoming a fans favorite as well so it must be well yeah how, how are you finding it really yeah really good you know this um I think people can come on things like this or can do an interview and just say the right things but it's genuine that I I feel like they've, they've warmed me and I feel like that um the, I've they've done that because of how I play and I'm all, I'm one of those players who's always going to put the body on the line sort of thing that's just how I am and um it's just nice that they they can appreciate that and um as I say as I said before it's not just me that we're, we're building something as a as a back three as a back five and as a, a complete unit and it's I've heard from last year the uh, what what it was like and the way that we the lads were losing games on the spin and it must have been tough and no one wants that, but when you're giving the fans something to cheer about, the whole place gets lifted because you do get that extra 10%. And it's, um, I think you've seen that late on in games where we've dug in, and um, especially games like Saturday and Rotherham as well. So it's, um, yeah, it's nice and it's, uh, it's, it's beneficial to have the fans on your side because they do, they do give you that extra, extra bit that you're going to need. How's, um, how's Graham as a manager compared to 
to other managers. I mean, first off, you need a translator to kind of understand him anyway. Yeah, he's he's good. Like he's um he's the first manager I've had who plays my position. So it's that it sounds so trivial, but that is actually something that that you can sort of he sort of empathises with you at certain times. If I'm if I'm giving someone a bollocking and they're coming back at me with what they think, he obviously sees it from my point of view, which is nice. So I am. Um, and he, and he obviously, with, hand in hand with that, he, he helps me a lot with my positioning, with what he wants me to do, where he wants me to be, and um, he's it's brilliant. So it's and it's you see the league table since he took over, it's it's, it's unbelievable. So it's uh, it's credit to him and alongside people like Tony Craig who who sort of helped me through the game as well. It's nice and we've um, so I think performances are down to them people like that as well and Joe Dunn and Kevin people like that so it's uh yeah it's good and it's just I just I just thankful that we're seeing the fruits of the labour on the pitch now yeah I was going to ask about um Tony because he he's obviously been around the block has he been able to impart some of his wisdom on you yeah like we um obviously me and Tony played in a two in the first couple of games and um it was it was tough like there was we I felt like we came up against some strong teams especially early on and then um, me and Alfie played at Coventry and I remember being in the change room after that game and thinking it's going to be a long season this like I, we genuinely felt like that and um, there's been there was there was a couple of meetings at that time of the season and people like Tony and um, myself and the more experienced players spoke up and said things need to change here because we're gonna we're gonna be struggling so to have people like that in your change room is massive because they not only help you through the game but they they can look at things from a different perspective when when we're off the pitch and we can we sat around that we have sat around and had a meeting after another game and you sort of get the ideas that they think and take them on board as well as taking the ideas of people like Alfie who see it again from a different different perspective so it's um it's a good balance and um I think Tony helps me like I help them like Alfie helps us so it's um yeah it's it's a it's a good balance at the moment and we've got a I think strike while the iron's hot and just see where it takes us. Yeah, I was going to ask about Alfie. Do you feel like you and Tony are kind of taking him under your wing, kind of showing him the ropes a bit, or is he? He's he's come on leaps and bounds this season. It's it's unreal his development. Yeah, um, obviously I I didn't know Alfie before, so I can only take him at face value of what I've seen, and I I think he's a he's going to be a proper player. There's there's no doubt about that. He's um he he's playing way beyond his years, and I remember thinking what I was like at 21. I was probably still hungover from uni and he's and he's like taking teams apart in League One. So it's um I think he will be the first to admit that there's there's sides to his game he's got to improve on, like like we all do. But um he's gonna be a he's gonna be a top player and I think yeah, people like Tony and the manager will help him through that and um but at the moment he's holding his own and there's no reason why he can't go on to the next level. You were saying about um you know the team spirit seems like it's really high at the minute you see abs going absolutely mental after most games we saw your celebrations actually on saturday uh they had a camera on you at the final whistle and you, you went ballistic as well um why why do you think team spirit's so high at the minute is it just winning games or is it a bit more of the off-field stuff as well um i, I think it's the football reasons really i think that if you're if you're winning games you're you're moving up the league and you're starting to think well who's to say we can't stay or who's to say we can't go above Coventry or Wickham or whoever's up there at the moment, Ipswich. So I think 
you all sign, you all sign for football clubs for the right reasons, and there's no everyone wants to be successful. So, um, as as I've as I said before, and as I kept saying, if we keep if we keep going the way we're going, there's no reason why come the end of the season we can't be up there and talking about something really special. Playoffs. Yeah, like I think we're we're going to be aiming for the playoffs at least. I think we're um you look at the table now we're we're not, we're not far off automatics and um obviously it doesn't mean anything 12 games in but um we've got we've got an unbelievable squad we've got a small squad but we've got an unbelievable squad and I think that um with a couple of right additions in January then we we could again go on to do something really good this season potentially sneak off into the automatics do you reckon it'd be nice but I'm not sitting on the edge again like I did at Akron Saturday or we're going to be in the playoffs <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, last question, actually, is about the changing room. Um, who's in charge of the music, and what what are they playing? Um, it's funny actually because when we uh, when I when I get to the ground really early, so when when I'm there, it's normally Tony, um, the kit man, who's got the music on, and he's got these awful tunes, and he's dancing around, and everyone's like, "What's this? Turn it off." Um, and then when we get when everyone else is in there, he sort of gets right. You've had enough now. Get off in there. Alex Rodman puts his tunes on, which is a bit better. So it's um we've got a nice mix mix of like oldies when I get in, and then by the time we go out, it's a bit more upbeat. So it's uh yeah, it's good. So at the moment, it's Rodders. Rodders, what what's he laying down? What what are you going out to? He's got a bit of everything, you know. That's 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 why I quite like it. There's um there's a few few dance tunes in there, a bit of R and B and everything. So it's good, but um. I think I'm just thankful when Tony's music's gone up to Melissa, I'll listen to anything. If if you were in charge of the music, what what are you playing? Because there's a lot of responsibility because you want to get people hyped. You don't just want to listen to the songs you want to hear. Yeah, I think I'd struggle with that responsibility. I'm more, I've got a very, uh, what's the word? I've got a very strange taste in music. My friends at home always give me a stick about that. I can, uh, I can listen to what my mum listens to in the car and then I can listen to Drake and whatever. So it's, um, it's very varied, but, um, yeah, I don't think I could deal with the responsibility, especially before a game. I've got too many superstitions. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, we spoke to uh, Lance, the PA guy, on Tuesday, and he was kind of talking us through his um, the walkout music, uh, both at full time and half time. I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you for a walkout song that you think is going to get everyone in the stadium buzzing, all the players buzzing. What what spring into mind? <laughs> oh my God, this is like my worst nightmare. Um, No, I'm struggling. I've got no, I've got nothing comes to mind. Nothing comes to mind. And I, I can imagine that my, when my parents and my girlfriend listen to this, they'll say, "Yeah, we're not surprised you can't think anything because your music tastes terrible." So <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll leave that to Lance. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, Tom, thanks for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, like you said, let's see where we we end up at the the end of the season. Hopefully, hopefully at the top end of uh, of the predictions. Definitely. Um, thanks, Gasses, for listening. Um, if you enjoyed this one, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast um, on the podcast player of your choice. Uh, you can find instructions if you need them on gascastpodcast.co.uk. But that's it for now. See you next time and up the gas.